1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss key metrics to measure the success of your loyalty programs. Joining us is Mark Ross-Smith, who is the CEO of Travel Data Daily, which is a B2B travel industry blog that reviews big data analytics and how travel companies make money through data monetization. Yesterday, Mark and I talked about golden loyalty metrics, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about how airlines use data to increase revenue. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Mark Ross-Smith, the CEO of Travel Data Daily. Mark, welcome back to the MarTech
2: Podcast. Great to be back, Ben.
1: Excited to have you back on the show. We had a great conversation yesterday talking about loyalty metrics, and your background is focusing on the airlines. And what was interesting to me is that the airlines, A, loyalty programs can be more valuable than the actual airlines themselves and B, that the airline data, the golden loyalty metrics, often are saying not necessarily that the loyalty programs need to focus on the most loyal customers. It points out where there is opportunity to pick up market share for customers that aren't your most loyal customers. So this is all about trying to increase reoccurring revenue, trying to build loyalty so people keep coming back and buying airline tickets and baggages and services and fees from your airlines. Tell me some other ways that airlines are using data to increase their revenue.
2: So I'll tell you what they're not doing first. They're not exporting their email databases and selling it to other companies, which I can hear some people laughing right now, but some people think that's how airlines make money out of data. And obviously it's not. The truth is airlines make money from data through internal sources, and they also rent insights to third-party companies. So if we take a step back for a second... Airlines traditionally have two fundamental businesses sort of going on internally. One is selling seats to anyone that will buy them. And that's traditionally using revenue management as a tool to command the most amount of money from each passenger. And the second business they have is the loyalty slash, we'll call it ancillary or brand business. It's a marketing business, effectively. So, number one, the first business selling seats. Generally, they've got these really sophisticated revenue management tools which look at historical data. So this is what people were paying for a seat back in the past. And then fundamentally sort of predicting what people might be willing to pay for that same seat on a similar date, on a similar sector in the future. And that's why you see prices fluctuate up and down each time you go back to the other site. They want to fly it up A to B and it's 200 bucks. And then you come back the next day, it's 250 bucks. It's not necessarily that they're selling more seats. It's just the airline thinks they can make more money out of you at that time. It never seems to go
1: down these days. (laughs) I swear, every time I check, it's like, nope, we're going to Tucson, Arizona from San Francisco. It's, I don't know, like a 12 hour drive. They're like $600 seats for a family of four. It drives me nuts. Anyway, sorry, that's my gripe.
2: So any airline listening, make sure when Ben's surfing a website, the price always goes up even more.
1: It's true. And honestly, if it weren't Christmas, we probably wouldn't be going. But damn it, they got us again.
2: So airlines, obviously, the last two, three years of their historical data is kind of all messed up because heaps of people not flying, business travel sort of went off a cliff. So they couldn't really predict how much they should charge people. So they had to bring in new data sources. So this is sort of a bit of the monetizing data part here. So let's rewind about a year ago. They started getting things like banking data, credit card data. And looking at in this city, are people starting to eat out more at restaurants, especially fine dining? Fine dining is an indicator that people are ready and willing to start traveling again in cities and different countries that had border restrictions and stuff like that. So if they started to see an uptick in people dining out in certain cities, that was an indicator people in that city were ready, willing, and able to travel right now. So let's start being more aggressive in those markets in terms of pricing. Let's put some more capacity. put some more aircraft. Let's start flying again. Let's make a big announcement: Hey, we've got new flights to blah city. So that's all based off credit card spend, and this is how a lot of decision making has been made in airlines, especially around pricing and revenue management stuff. The last couple of years, just because the historical data wasn't really working for them.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it This is an industry that's been reliant on internal sources of historical data to determine their revenue and their pricing model. And that data essentially was all washed because of COVID. So what do they do? They look for other signals. Now, how does an airline figure out what is the signal to look for? How do they correlate that fine dining is related to ready to travel as opposed to bought a new car, thinking about leaving town?
2: Fortunately, airlines also like paying money to other companies to figure this out for them. So think about bank and credit card data. There's a lot of sort of transactional flow, a lot of sharing going on between airlines and like the card networks. I think like your typical MasterCard, Visa, Amex type networks, there's a lot of sort of sharing going on there because it's a beneficial relationship. And where people travel, they take their credit card, they start swiping overseas, they're spending foreign exchange, all these kind of things. And banks and card networks make a bit of money out of it when you travel. So they're incentivized to get people to travel as well. And some of the analytics that they get out of that are pretty interesting. They start looking at patterns people from these cities and have this kind of spending behavior are now traveling more. Therefore, let's start targeting more of them. Let's start sending them special offers to fly from X to Y, because the propensity for them to travel is a lot higher than people that don't have these kind of spending behaviors.
1: All right. So uses of data for airlines to make revenue. First, you're looking at who you should market to in terms of your loyalty program. Second, you're looking at outside sources of data when you don't have data sources to make correlations of what drives the right behavior to get somebody to purchase your product or services. Give me one more way that an airline is using data to increase their revenue.
2: I'm going to give you a really, really interesting one. You might not have heard before. I'm ready. There's an Asian airline I did some work with, and obviously they know your date of birth. You give that sort of data to them. They started using astrology data to market to you, to try and get you to open and click all their emails. And of course, obviously in Asia, astrology is a big thing. And they use something that's called life path number. And so these are numbers that you just bear with me for a second, numbers that your soul was most attracted to in this universe, right?
1: Get out of here with that hocus pocus BS. Come
2: on. Totally, totally. And so they did a trial on this and they could calculate like what your number would be. So let's say your number is like three that you are most attracted to? I'm
1: at least a five. Come on, you're a 10, Ben.
2: <laughs> you're too kind. Let's go with nine. So <laughs> your number's nine and they know this because they can calculate it from based on your birth date, right? And so they start using more nines in in emails that they send you. So, you know, fly to this destination from 999 get nine times points, get nine. There's just more nines generally in the email. And what they found is the email open rate and the click-through rate from that was just a lot higher on the emails. And it wasn't because it was just repetitive numbers. They had control groups as well. So they could test like if sending the wrong number to people would actually have a, a lower open rate on the emails. So I told you I haven't heard of this one before. This is a trial that worked pretty well. You would never know if airlines are doing this kind of stuff because you just see it and it's just so natural for you. Like, like, oh, that's a number I like. I click it.
1: <laughs> so they're just like artificially pumping numbers into emails because they think that that number is related to your spirit, and that's what's making people decide to get on an airplane and fly halfway around the world.
2: Hey, for drive sales.
1: Sometimes marketing is as much of an art as it is a science. And even the airlines are being a little, I don't know, let's call artistic, a little creative with how they're growing their revenue. Mark, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about the airline industry and how marketers can take away from what they're doing. Thanks for being my guest.
2: It's been fun, Ben. Thanks.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Mark Ross Smith, the CEO of Travel Data Daily. If you'd like to get in touch with Mark, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is TravelDataDaily.com. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to MartechPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests.